Good evening, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your host, Mona, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Getting closer and closer to seeing more and more live football. I'm enjoying some of the snippets I've seen so far in the Bundesliga. Can't wait to see the beloved Arsenal back in action again. And I'm that, speaking on that, though, uh, in the last hour and a half, breaking news, uh, the Premier League is officially restarting on the 17th of June. That's how everything is locked in now. Uh, and that game will be Man City versus Arsenal. Uh, <laughs> what a welcome not the, back. Not, not, the, not the best time. Oh, not the first game you're hoping for. But, you know, mm. we both didn't play for an extremely long time. So, if there's ever a time you'd want to play Man City right now, it would probably be before they hit their, their strides 100%. So, you know, take it as it comes. You never know. Arteta could have been planning and plotting, you know, um, for various situations. And you never know. Maybe it could be orchestrate something special. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, look, we've also had a, a head start on most of the clubs, if you think of it, like with training and that. And and also like you know this this also goes into the next uh, also kind of breaking news. Uh, the Premier League also now has decided to go uh, to start opening up full con- uh, contact training because look they were now split into I think groups of about six or something like that, six or ten. Or, I mean sorry sorry I think it was six or eight something like that. It was quite a small group, but now it's like full contact and everybody like the everything is now combined like the whole squad can now train together. I uh, know that's that's a good thing I think. Things are slowly, I don't want to say like fully, but slowly getting to some sort of normality. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, just every time you try to get your hopes up, and, and I think it's like a consensus also amongst other football fans, just when you just get your hopes up, then it's not like the media start with the whole fear mongering again, because look, for most parts, this whole uh, coronavirus thing has now, you know, hit its, its peak and it's now starting its dip, of course. And we also, you know, fully agree with still the, 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 you know, the stadiums that are empty and that. Because, look, it's going to be also a gradual process to to bring everything back to normality again. But, I mean, as I said last week, I've seen other Bundesliga, the way it's been run. And that and if, if the Premier League goes accordingly like that, I mean, it, it will not, I mean, it will be actually quite, quite a good uh, run out there. Oh, yeah, d- definitely. It's... So, like you said, slow and steady wins the race now. You know, you can't rush back full crowds and everything. Just do everything in phases. And I'm sure that, um, you know, things will get back to where it once was. But as you mentioned, the media was, you know, even put some panic in me yeah. because of saying about, you know, coronavirus for EPL players as the coronavirus. Yeah, because uh, uh, I think where they're getting almost like ahead of themselves, sometimes maybe somebody showing some sort of. Uh, you know, cold or flu symptoms, which sometimes all of us can get at any point. And they're now just taking it now to the next level, almost like now to get more clickbait uh, uh, titles. And another thing also to mention with, with regards to the uh, the British media, especially, um, I've, last week I've now seen an article where they mentioned something of um, Arsenal will go into um, the summer with... Uh, it was like uh, no transfer budget. And I'm thinking, where do these guys come? Because it's like they know Arsenal fans at, at times can be, uh, you know, reactionary. And they're going to, you know, come out and, and, and start, either, you know, a whole debate, arguing, whatever, online. 
and of course go to these articles. But I'm thinking to myself, they're running again this whole agenda where either like look last season, last season it was uh, a 45 million budget and that's it. And now this time it's like, uh, oh yeah, we're going into the summer with no uh, transfer, no real transfer budget. So it's like we can we can only depend on on uh, things like what's it loans and and things like that and free transfers. And I'm thinking utter nonsense. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to have a uh, you know this big bloated uh, transfer budget. I mean, that's there is money for the club to spend, and we all know that. And besides that, we're also going to generate money from whichever players we sell or get off the wage rule. You know, hopping back to the coronavirus thing, it's like the media is probably starting to panic now because, you know, they need to start working now, actually, yeah, because yeah. it's no longer a case of, oh, the coronavirus peaks or the record numbers of the coronavirus. They're going to have to start, you know, looking for yeah, yeah. back to their day-to-day tasks again. But also with um, regards to Arsenal moving forward, I just hope, you know, we can start strong from mm. this break. You know, try to rack up as much points as we can and, you know, eventually see how far uh, we can end. You know, I'm not expecting a top four end right now, top five. I don't even know what's happening, going to happen with the season, you know, how it's going to pan out, how many games a week. So it's all about just trying to rack up the points and, you know, at the end of the season, we see where we stand. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us Kuna fans don't have too much expectations. And then, of course, other news that also hit the headlines, I think, sometime yesterday. Um, you know, David Luiz will be allowed to leave Arsenal, as Arsenal have no intention of taking up that second season option that was part of that whole contract. What's your thoughts? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I thought you would have had a bigger impact than you would have had. And I thought possibly it could have showed some leadership and... You know, maybe the the answer to not to say our defensive frailties, but in the dressing room, a figure that you know a lot of the teams can a lot of teammates can look up to is one trophy. So you know, he's been he's been around and he's yeah. he's seen it all. But it's almost like I don't know if Arsenal. When you come to Arsenal, you you just see a complete different player. But he's more reckless. Was more reckless. He was you know telling the Arsenal players keep your head, keep your head, but. The next moment he's pulling David, um, um, Salah down in the box or he's diving in on a tackle on Pereira of Watford, which gave a, a penalty away. So, you know, perhaps you could give it to a player that is a, has a long-term future at the club and you can pull from there because, you know, when you look at Arsenal's young talent that's available, you know, Saliba, I haven't really seen play, so I can't. Uh, like, you know, they say he's a bright prospect. So, you know, sometimes you need to see it with your own eyes. But let's say he's a bright prospect. You have Saka. You have Martinelli. And there was one more guy I can't... Oh, Guendouzi as well. I mean, he's still very young. I mean, those guys could be the future of the club if you look three, four years down the line. If you can keep him there and build players around him. You know, we haven't had young players of that stature in a very long time. So, you know, who knows? Maybe Arsenal can build around that, like you've always mentioned, and, you know, push into the next step. So, yes, I think David Luiz leaving could be a good thing for Arsenal as a whole in terms of growth-wise. But, you know, um, I was telling some friends that I was like, chatting to on Facebook about, you know, with the players that we've got from Chelsea over the years. And, you know, for all that, like, look, we've had Lissana Diara, we've had Peter Cech, we've had um, 
Not David Luiz, of the now you know, off the top of my head, man. And but being a unit as well, you was there as well, wasn't he? For like a, a short stint though, not a long. Yeah, but but it's like I could never. I mean, I don't think I've ever told you even this, but you know, I could never really warm up to any of them because it's like you know they gave their best for Chelsea at that time. Of course, like Diara was like a journeyman, so I'm not really you know throwing him into the mix. But I mean, like Peter Cech. We I could, you know, you have that sense. Like, the, look, the minute his career was done with Arsenal, he was back at Chelsea, and 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 with David Luiz, uh, which can also go for Peter Chick. It was almost like a, a move of convenience because they were already with one foot out of the door at at Chelsea, and it's, it's like they didn't want to leave London, and that was now you know just convenient for them. So I think that was also the part where I could never warm up to them. Even like the sign, yeah, you were happy, like extra bodies coming to the team, but I. As I said, I could never. There's like certain players you just don't fully warm up to, you know, over the years. Like as as an Arsenal fan, like when you see, say, somebody like David Platt back in the day, also when when he was playing for us and won the league and 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 cup with us, and then the minute he left, I mean, he had no real like love. When you see like you know sort of emotions that Vieira still has, even when he talks about the club, you'll see sometimes his eyes get teary. On the is the same. David Seaman and all. And you can see that is where that, that bond sticks for life. Same with Lee Dixon. I mean, look, he was somebody that grew up and played for Stoke, supported Man City. And that, but, I mean, for him, Arsenal he's, he has become, like, over time, he's, like, love. So, you know, that you always have that sort of warm that affection towards the play. And, and this also boils down to another topic I wanted to mention. As, like, Van Persie has now, you know, been slating Wenger and, and almost like his time at Arsenal, etc., about you know, the time then, and I'm thinking to myself, and you sometimes wonder why Arsenal fans can't stand him. Because when I think to myself, he was somebody like he had it all the world at his feet. Of course, in the background, there were certain things that were kind of holding him back. But I mean, just his sort of character overall, but it showed almost like kind of his lack of class when he left the club. Because look at, at when Henri left, even at Barcelona, he still. You know, almost like uh, kept the eye or said something, you know, good about us and that, about his time there. And Van Persie, when he's now, because sometimes he's on, like, say, BT Sports and that, he's, even like, you know, the sort of negativity that he's always spewing about Arsenal. And then I'm thinking to myself, did he, yeah, or he's talking about, you know, about United. And then, and then I'm thinking, then, you know, don't ever try to put that in your bio. Then if you, uh, you know, doing these type of work, uh, jobs on TV, then. You know, Van Persie is someone that, you know, he did great job at Arsenal, but you also ask yourself, you know, when he left, yes, we struggled, but, you know, where were the trophies, really, when he was there? I know he took an FA Cup, you know, back in his younger days, but that was obviously the likes of Vejera, Henri, Perez, they were all there around, so, you know, you can't just give that to him, like, you know, carrying us there, but... I know he did carry us that season of that 30 goals, but where was he in between, you know? He was injured for a large portion of seasons, and... We could have given up on him and we could have, you know, you, you don't know how his career could have fanned out if, let's say, Arsenal had to sell him off to, no disrespect, but maybe like a West Ham or you, you put him in a different league. I mean, you know, you, you maybe wouldn't have hit the heights that he did at Arsenal. So, like, players forget sometimes they, you know, the, the team that put him on the map and you look at Nasri as well, you know, he, he, they were also real, when he was at Arsenal, you kind of, you know, loved the guy or you like, you grew to love him, but just the manner he left and afterwards, 
the the shit he spoke about Arsenal mm-hmm. as well. Like you know you. Yeah. It, it lacked a bit of class and for me another player I don't know if you saw but I don't know maybe I may be overreacting but I mean Mkhitaryan posting about his Europa League win with Man United a few days ago I don't know if you saw that it's another it's another that, that you you look we had to take him like as, as that part of the Sanchez deal but it's like many did not really warm up to him because Everybody was expecting, you know, in the first month or so, he's going to come with that, 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 uh, you know, with somebody, with something to prove, and you're going to, you know, you're bracing yourself for like the sort of Dortmund, uh, Mkhitaryan, and then we ended up getting the still the same Man United type that you know doesn't really, you know, make impact in games, just drifts off and 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 just wanders in the game. But it just shows that, like, you know, the the. You know, you, want, you don't want players like that in your team. Like, I'm sorry, I don't want the guy to yeah. be posting about when you won the Europa League for Man United. Where were you in the Europa League final when we played Chelsea? Yeah. You know? Like, you were Arsenal player or a Roma player slash Arsenal. I mean, if he's posting something about Roma right now, you understand. And if about Arsenal, you know, understandable. But to post about Man United and tagging Paul Pogba and all these other United players in celebrating a United achievement. I mean, that's, for me, it's not yeah. on. Yeah, but I think he also knows, you know, his time not only is up, but it's like the Arsenal fans will never warm up to him really. So, I mean, you know, better cash in where we can. I mean, of course, it's not going to be that much than we, you know, possibly thought. Because, I, I mean, as I told you last week or the week before, uh, like since also wanted something in the region of fifteen million, I think with his salary alone, no wonder that fee is going to be whittled down to about ten million or so. And you see, like Arsenal just miss out. I mean, you know, if you look at the players, you could have maybe then just told United give us what thirty million for Sanchez or twenty million. We could have rather yeah. just yeah. And use the cash elsewhere. Oh yeah, this is now uh, that a topic I wanted to bring up, which was something that you touched on about say, a few minutes ago. With this whole story with the squad in it, do you think, you know, with, with 2020-2021 season, we should actually try using that? Or, you know, like, do the studying now, this part of, of the 2020 or 2019-2020 season, to, like, study everything out, as you said, let Arteta thoroughly do his homework, and then, and then use that 2020-2021 season for a rebuilding phase? I would think so. It would be the best option right now to do because what we try to do is almost try to plaster over the cracks where we can and, you know, you get stuck with players you don't really want or it's not there just for the sake of, you know, I have nowhere else to go. Arsenal seems a good destination. And we've been, Arsenal has been, I think it's been from like the latter part of Wenger's days is where you know, they're always just settling for a second best for a player who's just going out the club. And, you know, it shows sometimes on, you look at David Luiz, you look at the Peter Cech, you know, who couldn't save anything at his near post anymore. You need up-and-coming young guys building a team around players who want to be at Arsenal Football Club, who don't necessarily, you know, just there for the sake of being there to pick up a paycheck, but, you know, want to prove themselves and, you know, have the... Kind of like you would say, the world at their feet, and if they, you know, put in the effort of Arteta, they can go places. So I'm all for rebuilding as long as it's a constructive rebuilding and not the case of just, you know, plastering over cracks. So yeah, like you know, if you can build a team with Ansaka, 
good doozy if he gets his mind right because if he doesn't he could probably be shown the door as well and then you look at um you know like i said saliba and martinelli i mean that's a, a, a decent spine already so you know let, let's hope that we get it right because i mean I, I, I was like just you know scribbling down certain things or aspects of the squad where we you know we like to now bolts and i mean i was looking at say defense where Look, with David Luiz going, that's already a slot open where you can now bring in somebody else. And I was just thinking, you bring in somebody, maybe from the Premier League, but maybe you know also somebody in that 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 uh, sort of age group where you like you know twenty four, twenty five, also or twenty six even, that can also be that sort of solid person next to say someone like a Saliba because look in the beginning they all probably use that Pablo Marie or Socrates stuff like that, but. Slowly but surely, you also have to bring in or phase in because look, I think the team was also as a, as a unit, the defense especially, it was like aging as a group, uh, the, especially the center, more like you know the cent- central defense was aging as a group at a for me at an alarming rate. So we we have, didn't really have a lot of people you know really developing or coming through. And with Callum Chambers and and uh, Rob Holding, it was like stalling with their careers. Kind of, I was just thinking. You have to get that cycle going where you, you know, you bring these sort of top, you know, as you said, top line and not every time go for second best. We get the top line sort of defenders in and then also like midfield, which is something of a, like a headache really for us as fans or, or and even I'm sure for Arteta and them, there's not enough goals coming in. There's also, uh, with, with regards to Torreira, you don't know if he wants to stay or if he wants to go. So, you know, if, if he doesn't want to be there, let him go and you bring in somebody from either Premier League or, you know, somebody that's really eating the, the international scene right now, that, you know, top um, holding mid. And you let that person now slot in there and, and sort of build a, a midfield where, you know, they are like tenacious. They can, you know, ride a tackle and it because I think at the moment we've got like a group of midfielders that play more to a ref's whistle than, um, <laughs> you know, driving the team forward. And, you know, we'll take the hits, we'll take the, the knocks, whatever, but they will keep driving forward or driving the team forward until, you know, there's a total stop in play. But, I mean, we've got people like, say, Torreira or Guendouzi or, or Xhaka, they, you know, they're all flailing arms in the air and <laughs> they free kicks and everything. Get on with the game. Play to the whistle. You look at the likes of a Ray Parler or even a Patrick Vieira, you know, the riding challenges, they're getting kicked, they still, you know, even though you can see them trying to fall, they're, they're regaining their balance and keeping on driving forward. We yeah. just don't have that, like you said, it's, it's people, like you said, just one touch, they stop and they hold their hands in the air and a counter attack could have happened. I think also, you know, quite simply, we need a, a, an overall of players where we might as well use that period that we not discussed we we can have you know the players that we currently have also do some self reflection about the performance up to now before this whole coronavirus thing, and then also where Arteta then gets his uh, you know his opportunity to add his own flavor, add his own steel to the squad. That he is the way he wants to mold the team. Yeah, we need that. Like Emery just kind of came in there, tried to plaster cracks. I mean. I think Torreira and Quintosi were, were good signings, but yeah. you look at um, Socrates, he didn't do as well as I thought he would. I was excited when he was at Arsenal because, I mean, he, he was a solid defender, especially with Hummels at one stage at the, in his career at, at Dortmund. But it just seemed like, again, once again, 
Arsenal signing a player was on his way out. And, you know, like you said, we, we need to stop going for second best because you've seen what happened when we went for the, like, you know, Alexis Sanchez, we were lucky with him, but, you know, that was a top-class player we brought into the club. And you saw the difference he made for Arsenal. Ozil, you know, you can argue again sometimes his performances, but when he did come to the club, his first few seasons, he was, you know, a relatively big impact in the team. So, yeah, I, I think Arsenal just need to make sure they, they like, if they sign a Premier League player, make them have, like, a Sol Campbell impact. I'm not saying, you know, sign a rival player from Spurs, yep. but I'm saying a team come into the team like Sol Campbell did and, you know, fit into the team seamlessly instead of having that whole adjustment period and everything like that. I just think, like, the admin side of football, I think we need to almost, like, play, you know, a bit dirtier. Because we almost like we're trying to be too nice about certain things. And, you know, almost always get shafted. And then you look at other teams, they just randomly poach where they need to poach. And that's how they build a, you know, top four challenging side or a title winning side. And that is the, the, the mindset we have to go into. Because I think we're too tame in the transfer market with getting that sort of players. Yeah, it's like we want to go with the rules and, like, you know, be all gentle and cordial. But, like you said, you know, you have to come there and be hated almost, you know, by the other club the way you're doing business because you're getting the jobs over the line. And, you know, it, it allowed you to sign top players like the Kantes, the, the you name it, and you have them in your team. I mean, we even struggled to sign, like, Jamie Vardy at one stage to come to Arsenal. I mean... You know, you can't even sign... I know Leicester City were champions, but you get Chelsea. They've managed to prize Kante away from um, from from Leicester without Champions League football. I don't think Chelsea had Champions League football that season. So... just If you just take the, the makeup also of the Liverpool squad, Virgil van Dijk was flying for, for Southampton. Southampton, yeah. Poach, they poached him. They, um, Sadio Mane, on a red hot form, they get, they get him. Uh, that Mohamed Salah, after you know the dodgy field spell, I can smell it at Chelsea. That the minute he set the world on fire there at, at Roma, and that they were really in for him there. When when they also saw that sort of uh, errors that that um, Carrius did and and Mignolet, there they bring they go straight for 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 uh, Alison Becker. So everybody, if you look at the squad, besides that that the youngsters that they brought in from their own academy, which is probably the best around at the moment. Other than that, like all that, that that you look at that squad as people that they have snatched from, like almost like first teamers they've snatched. United are you know going through a dodgy period as well, but I mean they ended up having people like you know the the, the CEO that's getting them the Harry Maguire's, they're getting them you know all these. The they, Bruno Fernandes, the... yeah. So they're getting the things done, and I think that is where Raúl Salni and and that Vinay guy have to really you know pull their socks up in that sense. Look at Chelsea, the transfer ban as well. They still managed to to get the, some stuff done, and I mean, didn't they? What's it? Didn't they sign the guy from Ajax? Or am I being mistaken? Uh, he's already a player. I think that the whole thing was wrapped up. I think by January. I mean, the talks were already in August with that ban, and then the, everything was signed by the by January already. So, so you, you got to wonder why why are we so slow in the transfer market? We slow with our contracts season after season. We've seen Robert Van Persie, Alexis Sanchez, um, Clem, 
you know, all these players, I think Nasri as well, they all run into their contracts down. You don't tie them up because for, for some reason you don't want to tie them up. And you get out for ransom. I mean, just imagine you had to, uh, but Perez, he had another three years on his contract. Do you, would he have left? And if he left, you decide where is he going and you put the slap a price tag of what, 70, 80 million on a Van Persie or 60 million at the time would have probably been decent for Van Persie. But instead, like we had our top players, world-class players leaving for, you know, tiny fees. I mean, Fabregas as well. What did he leave for? Like 35 million. Yeah. I mean, look at that. This one of the team. Yes. I mean, look at Liverpool. Look how they sold Coutinho. Ah, it's 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 like you said, we need to snap up because if we don't, we're always going to be the club that you know also almost gets to the Champions League, almost wins the league, but we will never get there unless we change our act. I mean, other clubs now, if Newcastle get bought by the, I don't know if they even went through the deal, but if I mean that that Newcastle gets that owner, I mean they're going to have players coming in there again, and then Arsenal could fall be further behind the curve. Um, I just want to switch our attention now to this rumor that's been floating around because they had Philip Coutinho in a Barcelona now listening to offers to, I think Newcastle have shown interest, Arsenal shown interest because I think Arteta is quite a big fan of him, I've heard some story like that. But my point is, like, the reason everybody's like kind of staying away from Barcelona for, with regards to a transfer fee because they want I think that's why Bayern also just bailed on this whole thing. Barca wants something like half of what they bought him for from Liverpool, right? That's not one point. The next point is his loan that fully continue It's 10 million for the season and they want you to pay 250,000 a week for his wages. Ah. So, I mean, I don't know how that's going to pan out. Then I mean, you might as well you know, sway our attention somewhere else. We can actually get some, somebody of quality, even if it's that, that's the, the wages or whatever, but I mean, somebody of quality where you know the player is yours because it's not like you're going to have this cloud always hanging over your head that, you know, he's not really your player. Yeah, and you know these players that come to you and they're like, oh, no, they start eating red hot form in Barcelona. It's almost like that ex-girlfriend that's like, oh, no, like, you know. You, you can come back now because they see what he's capable of and then he comes back and then gets thrown away again when he's not eating the straps again. So, it's, it's a bit of a tricky situation. I mean, like, oh, I know Coutinho is a top-class player, but would he fit the Arsenal setup with the current players around him? I mean, I would, a long time, I would actually take somebody like Coutinho is if Ozil had gone. Like, yeah, Ozil. I was thinking that as well. Because then you know you've got that sort of creative play that's going to give you the goals from midfield, but also as a kind of a big sort of wage bill or wage packet. So then, I mean, rather than you lose one of that players that that on those fat packets. And and for me also, you know, at one stage I always was like, ah, oh, Coutinho's overrated. He can't compare him to the great Özil. But if you look at Coutinho's stats and stuff, he's pulled his finger out and actually scored some crackers in big games. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he scored against a lot of the top teams. Man City probably hated him the way he used to eat those shots from outside the box against him. But that's yeah. not a player you need, you know, that rises up to the occasions. Not like Urzel, you know, I can't like remember the team. Like, I can remember Chelsea scored against him. Did he score I think United as well? But 
I don't recall other big teams. He's oh yeah, and Liverpool as well. But like a lot of times he goes hiding in games when you when you need him like yeah. the most. Like you're thinking, can he save us in this game? And you know, nowhere to be found. Because I mean, look, I, I'm just thinking of of it. Coutinho also. He's somebody that you know he pops up with shots from different angles on the pitch, and it's like you know it rockets into the net. And I think we do miss that from midfield with somebody that can, you know, have some sort of shot because. I think the players that we have at the moment, they are more tippy-tappy, too intricate, you know, one touch to many all around the box, but nothing is that sort of direct brand of football. Because Coutinho is not like a, a kick-and-rush footballer, but, I mean, he knows when he has to pull the trigger and he knows when he has to play the killer pass. Yeah, you've seen him, like you said, those tough away games against Stoke or Southampton. Liverpool used to sometimes scrape through 1-0, but it was due to a Coutinho, you know. Yeah, yeah. Freak shot from out of the box, which is something Arsenal is missing. Unless you know you have Xhaka with those boom Xhaka shots he has on the odd occasion. Don't forget. Yeah, I don't recall that for a long while. I mean, I think the last I just remember him with a real cracker was that was that freak against Crystal Palace. Oh yeah, yeah the two-two draw. That was yeah. A, yeah, that was a very long time ago. Now if you, if you think like it was twenty eighteen. November, October time. <laughs> so, do you have any other talking points then? Before we no, nah, nah, I'm I'm good on my side. Okay, so we'll wrap up the podcast. Hope you guys have have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy whatever football is coming out now. Take care. Bye. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>